this trip is about you, it's about your family, and it's about exploring the world on your terms. My best advice is give yourself permission to live the life that you want to live. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hey, hey there, it's Aaron Schlein, and welcome back to Family Travel Radio. This is the fifth and final installment of our special podcast series called From Dream to Reality, Round the World Trips for Families. We've had a whole lot of fun this week. We've heard from some incredible individuals. We're not quite done yet. This is the final lap. Today, we're gonna talk about going, taking that trip. We started with the dream. We've planned, we've budgeted, we've booked that trip. Today, we're gonna talk about going, getting out there, getting out the door, getting our families out there on that around the world adventure. And of course, once again, we've got to thank our great friends over at Airtrex, not only for the incredible service they provide families in booking these multiple stop complex routes around the world, but also for making this very special podcast series possible. Really appreciate the folks over at Airtrex. We got one final interview here today, and it is a doozy, my friend. Coming up in just a couple minutes, you're going to hear my chat with Amy Meerstra. Amy is a single mother of three boys, and she had been dreaming of an around-the-world trip since she was a little girl. She's going to take you back to that dream, to the origin story behind that dream when she was a little girl growing up in Canada, and the lifetime of experiences that followed that moment up to the point when she finally realized her dream and took that around-the-world trip with her three boys. Amy's story is just incredible. You're going to love her, and she's coming up in just a minute. But first, we're going to hear what should be a very familiar voice for the fifth and final time here in this series. Sarah Habib, general manager of Airtrex, is back one final time. And Sarah, you said something to me earlier when we were talking on Monday. You said, we need to give ourselves permission to take this trip. Just, I want to dive into that real deep. Talk to me about giving yourself permission to take that trip. Well, I think a lot of the time um, in our lives, when when our life doesn't look like other people's lives around us, we can sort of question ourselves and think, well, should I be doing things differently? And um, a lot of people might think that it's not a good idea to take your three-year-old on an around-the-world trip. People have tend to have opinions about other people's lives. And I, when we were talking before, I just I was thinking about how how easy it is to kind of get wrapped up in what other people think your life should look like. And this trip is about you. It's about your family. It's about what's best for for you. And it's about exploring the world kind of on your terms. My best advice is give yourself permission to live the life that you want to live. And taking a trip like this can be transformative and life-changing. And it's an experience that is entirely your own. Exploring the world on your terms. That's that's powerful stuff, but there's that that pull to make your life look like other people's lives. Back when we were talking budget, we talked about mindset and there's a mindset behind budgeting for a trip like this. Let's talk about the mindset of exploring the world on your own terms. How do we how do we get our minds right? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the trends in travel um, in the last few years, travel has become more of a commodity. People kind of doing it for the gram. I think that 
one of the one of the things that I try to do when I travel and I try to encourage anybody who is traveling to do this as well is how do you inject purpose into your trip? How do you make it meaningful for your family, for the people that you're encountering? One of the things to do is just sort of set an intention for maybe what you want to learn that day, what you want to learn for the trip overall, do some reflection. I think if you're looking forward and looking back, um, it's sometimes that can actually help you stay in the present. One of the things that is has, has been useful for me in the past is to do a social media hiatus when you're traveling. I definitely did not do that on my last trip, but sometimes it's nice to just turn your phone off and post your pictures later, make an album and share it with your family later. Just stay in the moment while you're on the road. I love that setting intentions and injecting purpose. So before we say goodbye, Sarah, for the, for the fifth and final time, let's set some intentions. We're already going to head over to tripplanner.airtrex.com and play with the trip planner. We're, we're already doing that. We're going to explore all the amazing content over at airtrex.com slash families. We got that covered. Sarah, please just set that one final call to action. Set that intention for us before we say goodbye and go off and do great things. Well, I think one of the things that people, um, when they're beginning this planning process, think is this is so overwhelming and it's too expensive. Like, I can't do a trip like this. And I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. And we can help you. We have helped thousands of people take the trip of their lives. And I know that we can help you figure out how to make it work for you and your family to do the same. We're going to leave it right there because that was beautifully said. Sarah Habib, this has been a transformative journey in and of itself. I really appreciate you taking so much time to, to share your wisdom with us and to share some of your colleagues' wisdom with us as well. Have a great one. Happy travels and hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Aaron. Once again, I'd like to thank our friends over at Airtrex for making this special podcast series possible. Airtrex specializes in multi-stop international travel, especially trips with complex routes. You can learn more about Airtrex and start planning that trip for your family over at familytravel.org slash radio slash Airtrex. That's familytravel.org slash radio slash A-I-R. T-R-E-K-S, familytravel.org slash radio slash airtrex. Today we're talking round the world adventures and my guest is Amy Meerstra from Nomads Media Group. Amy is a mentor slash coach at Let's Get Our Shit Together, where Amy has a holistic program that not only raises the bottom line, but changes lives. Amy is a lover of people and is passionate about helping and inspiring them to have extraordinary lives. Amy is a devoted single mother of three sons and an avid traveler, having been to 55 countries. She loves to salsa dance and kick the boys' butts in hockey and soccer. She has also gained much experience from her four years' work as a missionary in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, as a teacher's aide, and as a camp counselor for many years. Amy, welcome to the show. My goodness, where do we start? Oh, thank you, Erin. I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be amazing. So we brought Amy on to talk about her round the world trip with her boys. But Amy, there's so much more to you than just that around the world trip. So let's let's get started with you. You say, according to an article on airtrex.com, that you have been dreaming of an around the world trip since you were 13 years old. Tell me about that dream. Yes, I was in eighth grade and there was a kid there named Devin Hasty. And we used to have to do speeches, five-minute speeches that we had to pick a topic and talk about. And he was so excited about his speech. And it was on his hour and a half drive to Hamilton. 
Now I'm from Ontario, Canada. So if you know Hamilton, sorry for those who are from Hamilton, but it's not the nicest city. It's like an industrial city. It's smoky, smoggy. It is not fun at all. And this poor kid had only ever been an hour and a half away from his town, our little town of 2,500 people. And I made a conscious choice in that moment that that would never, ever, ever, ever be my story if I could do anything about it, that I was going to see the world and, uh, and I would take my kids around the world too uh, as soon as I could. And then later in life, I heard about these round the world tickets and I made another decision that that's what I would do. I would literally do in one trip all the way around the world, but I was waiting then for my kids to get to an age where they would appreciate it and be able to handle it. And so we successfully did that last year. So it was amazing. It was epic. Well, fill in, fill in some of the gaps for me from 13 and then that 25 plus years of time before the actual trip. What kind of travel did you do in that meantime? How did you keep the wanderlust going during those years? Okay. So um, I actually uh, grew up in, as a missionary kid. So I grew up in a school for missionaries. So everyone I knew was going to the other sides of the planet. When I was 16, I went to uh, Panama for six weeks and helped build a, a, a school and an airstrip. And then the next year, I went to Bolivia, and 17 kids and I built an airstrip from start to finish in the middle of a tribal village. And it was there that I got the bug big time. Uh, I then went through four years of college to get specialized in unwritten languages and spent four years in a jungle village in Papua New Guinea, where I, I got to coming and going from New Guinea. I always made sure I was going a different way, a different route, so we could see different things. And um, yeah, I've, I've I've been everywhere. I love it. I love it. So airstrips, you became an yes. expert in airstrips or at least enough to be asked to do a second one after the first one. What's, what's, <laughs> what's the story there? <laughs> kind of, it was just the projects at the time. But what was amazing is that at 17, uh, most of us were 17, 16, 18 years old. We were able to make a difference um, at a huge level. And all we had were ATVs, one ATV, a rototiller, and 17 kids with shovels and wheelbarrows, and, and we built an airstrip. So uh, it was pretty, pretty amazing. In New Guinea, when I built an airstrip, so I've actually been part of three airstrips, um, that was different. That was trees and trunks, and we needed big machinery and all of that. But um, yes, I do have some experience with air, airstrips. <laughs> so to, the, to the best of your knowledge, are these airstrips still in use? Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> Thank you for checking on my work. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gotten to take off or land from one of your own airstrips? Of course. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. In New Guinea, that was our way in and out. We had helicopters, uh, which was very expensive, $800 an hour coming and going. And so after we had the airstrip, our missionary plane was able to come in and land. So yes, I took off many a time. It was on a 10, 10 degree slope. So uh, when you, when you, land, you land uphill. And when you took off, you took off downhill and you just prayed you'd get up before the trees. <laughs> and, and I'll be, I'll be praying for you as well, Amy. So, so there's, there's a quote, this is the perfect time, I think, to, to drop this quote in. This is a quote from you on the Airtrex site at airtrex.com. It says, quote, there is no room for hate when you've laughed and cried with people you've met while traveling the world. You've sat where they sat. You've eaten where they've eaten. So that sounds like for you that began sitting where they sit and eating where they eat on those missionary trips. But just tell me more holistically, what does that what does that quote really mean to you? Yeah, it actually gets me emotional just thinking about it because I truly believe if we 
and I'm speaking about North America here, if we would get our 12-year-olds, our 13-year-olds away from their technology and get them into a third world country to help, I believe it would change the world because you can't hate when you've, when you've laughed with them and you've sat with them and you see where they live and you see how hard they're, they're, they're working to survive and that you notice that they're just like you. They're a human being with needs, wants, dreams, just like you. And just because they're different color or different culture or whatever is just not important. It's people are people. And that was a huge reason why I wanted to take my kids around the world so that they can see that there's more than one way to do things and that doing it different isn't wrong. It's just different. I really don't like this dogmatic, is, this is the way, this is the only way. I just think it's crap. I just, <laughs> the world is amazing and the people in it are even better. So, Couldn't agree with you more there. And just thinking about you know, you and I as adults, a lot more of our, our beliefs on the world are a little more set in stone as we get older. But when you get the kids out there, the earlier that you can expose them to all these different cultures, that helps actually shape their view on the world as opposed to run in, in conflict with it. And that's, that's exactly. pretty, that's pretty special, special stuff. So going back to your, your childhood in this town you grew up in, where it sounds like there wasn't a big emphasis on, on travel or seeing the world. How did, did you view yourself as, as, as a different spirit? Yeah, I've been weird forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, most of the people in my town never left it. And we talk about it now as we went back recently and and everyone's still there mostly. And and that's fine. Um, But I was just different. I, I wanted, I was taking correspondence classes at 17 so I could get out of high school sooner so that I could leave so that I could go help and and be part of another culture. So I was just always kind of different that way. I'm I'm a lover of people. Like I just I'm a people freak. I love people and I love culture. It fascinates me how we are all the same and yet so different. And um so yeah, I'm on a mission to to see and experience as many cultures as I possibly can and to and to share that with my kids cuz I believe that the times on vacations are the ones that are the most memorable. When I look back on my childhood, it wasn't the Christmas presents I remember. It's the vacations that we took together. It's just the way it is for me. <laughs> well, you don't have to sell that concept to me that those, those powerful memories happen away from home most, most yep. more times than not in, when you're sharing those, having those shared experiences with your kids. If you don't mind, just dig a little deeper into that trip. You describe a recent trip kind of going back to your roots. I'm always fascinated by that, that re-entry concept. You've gone out into the world and for you, you've really gone out in the world and you've had these transformational experiences. And then you come back to this place that for all intents and purposes has not changed much. What, what's that like? What does that, how'd that make you feel? Well, it actually wasn't me. It was my kids that went back. And so I think this is even better to share. Um, I was sitting with Braden and Tate the other day and they were blown away. Their friends are asking them, they hadn't seen him in a few years and their friends are asking, so what have you done? And so the kids told them, you know, everything that we've been and they've been to 22 countries in the last few years, you know? And, and so then the kids reciprocated and said, you know, where, what have you guys been doing? And, you know, it was like awkward silence. Um, And this isn't a competition at all. It was just, it was really good for my kids to appreciate the life that they've had and the experience that we've had and to notice that not everyone gets that. 
I'm on a mission to teach people how to be able to do things like this, how to get organized and how to have dreams and how to uh, save the money so that you can actually have that vacation that you've always dreamt about instead of waiting to the end of your life to say, I wish I would have. But yeah, it was just really good to be reminded that we got to live. We got to live now. That's all we got. And um, it's worth any effort or sacrifice to to get the money to be able to have these experiences and to be able to share them with the people that we love and with each other. Well, just for the record here to my friends out there listening, this is the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. We do promote family travel, of course. And no, I did not pay Amy to say any of that. That was no. from the heart because that's that's just real. That's the message of this podcast. Virtually, word for word, what you just said is the reason why I do what I do here and why the Family Travel Association does what we do. Yay. And just, how old? How old are your How old are your kids, Amy? They are twenty, almost twenty-one, and eighteen, almost nineteen. And then I adopted a third one uh, unofficially, but I've been 100% responsible for him since he was 16, and he's now 19 this month. So I got the three. So 22 countries, that's pretty easy math. All three of your kids have been to more countries than they've had birthdays. Pretty much, yes. (laughs) That is is pretty special stuff, Amy. So let's talk talk around the world. Okay. the The dream that you brought to life when you were just 13 years old came true. And it came yes. through last year. Take me to the, the beginning of that, that process when you knew that this dream was going to become a reality. Well, first, it's a decision, right, that, that has to be made that you want to do it. And then, in my humble opinion, you need to know why. And so, for me, it was for all the reasons that we've been talking about, just to show the kids what the world's like and to have a concept of something bigger than themselves and, and all of that. And then, and then there's the savings, right? You have to, this, to put the money away. It's not. Um, inexpensive thing to do. Um, and so I just, in essence, had an envelope that I kept putting money in uh, towards this trip. And I kind of knew the age that I figured would be the, the time that they would a- appreciate it. So I've been saving. And then it came down to, all right, this is the year. Uh, I had to ask for a lot of time off. Uh, so I asked for three months off work. That was a, a scary thing for me to do. And the best thing I ever did uh, was sit down with my boss and tell him with my whole heart that this is what I had to do. Uh, this was my time. This is my window and, and that I was going to do it <laughs> and I would love for his blessing. Uh, but I was going to do it anyways. Um, because that's how important it was for me. And thankfully he totally supported me. Dig a, dig a little deeper into what was going on in your mind, preparing for that conversation. One thing that I personally advocate for and the family travel association also advocates for is that parents use their their time off, just their basic time off to travel as much as they possibly can with their kids. Now you yes. took that to a whole other level that required preparation and conversation that may have had you sweating. What were you thinking about going into that conversation? I was honestly, I was so scared uh, because I, I, I'm a, I was a man, I'm a manager. I was a manager there. I had responsibilities. I mean, this was not a small thing, but it was just so important to me. And so basically, honestly, I got really clear on why I was doing it. I waited until I was absolutely 100% set in my own heart. And then I visualized the conversation and how it would go. And, uh, and that's what I did. I invited him for a drink at a restaurant and, and we sat down and I told him my plan and, and why and everything. And he just looked at me with big eyes and said, that's amazing. <laughs> 
And, uh, and so, uh, he's like, well, we don't want to lose you for three months, but, but I get it. And so I'm in the travel business as well. So that it was kind of in line with all of that. So he, he it's hard for him to say too much about it. <laughs> Practice what you preach. <laughs> in, yes, indeed. So Amy, you, you serve as a, as a mentor slash coach now, have you ever, have you ever, or have you ever considered coaching someone through a process you, you just described? Yes, I yes, that's exactly what I do. So I actually help with life and sales, and I've been very thankful that sales has gone very well for me uh, in my life. And um, but for me, the reason I've been so successful has nothing to do with my sales pitch. Although I have a, a great sales pitch, it is the work that I've done on the inside and um, my mentality and my attitude and my energy that has separated me from so many. And, and I'm just so grateful that someone taught me. So I've just taken what a lot of my mentors have given me and put it into a curriculum and, and, uh, and it's all, it's holistic. So it teaches you how to, how to change your state, how to stay in a peak state, how to know people, how to understand yourself and others and teaches you how to know your goals and your whys. And so then, and then how to manage your money so that you can actually make these things happen because it doesn't help if you have a big dream, if you don't know how to save and make the dream happen. And, uh, and then, yeah, I get all my students, I get to hear and see all their pictures of all the places that they go and all the things that they do. Nothing brings me more joy than helping people see their dreams accomplished. So when your coaching company is a very mm -hmm. provocative name, let's get our shit together. How did you settle on that name? <laughs> For me, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty casual and I kind of talk like that. So it's very authentic to me and it's our shit. Because, I mean, I got, I'm working on my shit too. We're always working on our shit. Yes, I'm, I'm the teacher maybe, but as I interact, I'm learning and growing as well. And, and, and because I have to prepare, it gets me to grow more and I learn more as I prepare a curriculum. So yeah, it's fun. Let's not make it too serious because learning is, is fun. And when we do it in an effective way, it completely changes your life. And you can have a much happier existence, which I think we just really haven't been taught. We haven't been taught how to be happy. We're taught how to be miserable and I just don't buy it. Well, thanks. And you've sold me. I don't, I don't buy it either. <laughs> and, there's nothing, and there's nothing like a great name to stand out in the crowd. A great <laughs> name like let's get our shit together. And Amy Meerstra, the chief getting our shit together officer. So Amy, moving on. So you've had the conversation with the boss. You've got the blessing for the three months. What's next? So then I had, I think at that moment, I had two more months of work. And so I worked my tail off knowing how much I, I needed. And then we started having family uh, meetings around the kitchen table as to where we wanted to go. So basically, I had each of them say, I need your top three places that you want to go. And then we sat down and we looked at where those places were. Some of them overlapped. And then we had to route how we would do it to go around the world. And then we had a couple uh, extra spaces so that was fun. We got to throw in one. And then I had one surprise location that they did not know where we were going. Only, only those at air tracks knew where I was going and, and I kept my, the folder hidden. And, uh, and so they were trying to figure it out all the time and guessing and, and it was super fun. And they didn't know until the day we went to the airport that we were headed to Bali. So, uh, yeah, it was really cool to have a surprise location in there. And where was that on the itinerary? Where in the timeline? It was, okay, so we did Vancouver, Hawaii, Hawaii, Philippines, Philippines, Bali, Bali, Thailand, and then Thailand, India, India, 
South Africa, South Africa, Greece, Greece, Munich, Munich, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Barcelona, Barcelona, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And then we went from hot as hell in Mexico <laughs> all the way down to Chile and went um, skiing in the Andes in the middle of the summer and then home. So, yeah, 13 countries in 64 days. That's a... Uh that's a lifetime worth of travel for many people. And it's more than a lifetime worth of travel for probably even more people. Sadly. I know. I, I feel so blessed. <laughs> I try not to I try not to ask too many boring questions. Hopefully this isn't a boring question, but no. give me a highlight. Give me some one, something from the trip. One of those locations, something, something that really just jumps out at you as particularly transformational or amazing. So my favorite day in the two months was um, in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And we went to a rescue elephant rescue park. And we had researched ahead of time to make sure that the elephants were taken care of and they weren't abused and, and uh, overworked or anything like that. And it was amazing because we got to hang out with them. We got to feed them and we got to literally walk side by side in the jungle with them to the water. And then we got to scrub them with scrub brushes in, in the water. It was just, unbelievable to feel their energy and to be there and there was this moment where we were walking and my son Tate was was literally walking next to the biggest elephant he put his hand up on on its hip and I was just like this is happening like we're doing it like like this I've been wanting to do this forever and here we are and they are forever gonna have this moment and these experiences I just like oh I felt so so grateful I am so grateful that we've been able to do what we've been able to do. It's, it's, it's amazing. Well, Amy, you, you and I both know this is an audio only podcast. Folks out there <laughs> can only hear you. So I'm going to have to describe a little bit what I'm seeing. Number one, I'm seeing over your shoulder. looks like a picture of an elephant. It is. Yeah. Which is kind of perfect for this story. <laughs> and number two, I can't help but notice you're getting quite emotional. Tears are welling up in your eyes. This is, this was a powerful experience for you. It really was. No, I, yeah, I, I, you just say elephants, you just say Thailand and I get goosebumps <laughs> all over. <laughs> Love that. Anytime we can get, get or give goosebumps, that's a good day as far as I'm concerned. Right. Totally agree. <laughs> there's a, there's another little piece of your story that we haven't talked about yet. And I'm not fully versed in this, but there's some videos, uh, videos from Nomads Media Group, your company of you traveling with your boys and them playing music in very public places. Tell me about that. Yeah. So my, my boys are, are amazing musicians. We decided on this trip around the world that we should busk and uh, why not get that experience. And uh, so we had 15 bags, 15 pieces of luggage uh, <laughs> it was insane. And then we decided let's video this trip because this is too epic. And I literally wasn't on social media at all before this trip, um, and decided to go on social media because for the, and I just feel so amazed that I've been asked to even be part of this podcast. Cause this is why I started on social media is like, if I can inspire just one family to do this, it's, it'll be worth, it will be worth it. So that's what we did. So in every city, they, they set up in the, in the city and well, in the, in the cities that we were allowed, sometimes we weren't allowed. And, uh, and we'd set up on the street and they'd play their music. And so we got to be in the culture and, and they got that experience. 
and they're electronic instruments. So this, <laughs> this was not an easy feat. Uh, but wow, did we ever learn how to work together. And now they, now they've launched into their careers because they have that experience. Busk. Busk is a word that I've learned only recently and because of you, actually, oh. uh, the folks at Airtrex referred to your family as, or your boys as busking or buskers. And I said, I don't, I have no idea what that means. I had to look it up. I don't remember the exact definition, but something to the effect of playing music for money in public. Yeah. You just set up on a street corner and, and you start playing and uh, you hope nobody cares. And if they do, you move. And, um, and usually people love it. And it's <laughs> just a really neat way to share your gift and to be part of a community that isn't even yours, but it is for the night. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was really great. It was a lot of fun. Your community for the night. I love that. So Nomads Media Group, you said, you know, going into this, no social media experience or aspirations. How has that changed? What's, and what's Nomads Media Group all about? So basically it's just a way for us to um, show people what we're doing. And um, now that we're home, uh, you know, the kids are adults I call them kids because they're my kids, but they're adults and they're doing their own thing. And so it's just a platform for them to be able to share their music. They actually don't play together anymore. They do different things. Uh, Braden's like a one man band. He does like plays the guitar, loops it, then plays the bass, then loops it, then sings, then loops it, then harmonizes and loops it, then beatboxes and loops it all like all at once. Like it's, it's amazing. And then Tate's an unbelievable DJ. And so it, they're able to showcase themselves on one, on one page and we got a lot of bunch of people that love to see what we're up to and, and where we're going next. Um, this year I decided to take each of my kids on an individual vacation. And so I already went um, with Braden to Sri Lanka. He picked there and we have a budget and as long as we can fit it within the budget, I don't care where we go. And so we spent uh, two weeks in Sri Lanka surfing uh, on the beaches of Waligama and the bonding time that we had was epic. Just, just Braden and I. And so here in the next month, uh, in September, I'm taking Tate. Uh, and I think we're going to go to Costa Rica. I'm not sure. But. Epic bonding time. Who couldn't use a little bit of that in their lives? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love this. I could, I could go on all day with you, Amy, but we got to cut and run at some point. Amy and I both want you to know that these around the world trips are possible. Make that decision have the dream, but then make the decision, get a plan, put it into action, know why you want to go, plan, and then by all means, get your shit together and go. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> and I know that you're going to want to learn more about Amy as well. Keep this conversation going and you're in luck because you can do that. You can check her out at letsgetourshittogether.com or on social media, Nomads Media Group. And we're going to have that linked up in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio. Amy Meerstra, huge pleasure. Very grateful you took some time to share on Family Travel Radio. Thank you so much, Aaron. You rock. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Yes, indeed. How is that for going out on a high note? My friend, I really hope you enjoyed this special five-episode series on around-the-world trips for families. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed producing it for you. It was such a pleasure. Family Travel Radio was here to serve, and I really hope we were able to deliver with this special, special series. If you don't mind taking a minute to drop me a line, I would love to hear what you thought about this series. 
Aaron at FamilyTravel.org. Shoot me an email anytime. Aaron at FamilyTravel.org. And one final time, I want to express my gratitude to the great people over at Airtrex for making this series possible. Don't forget to check out FamilyTravel.org slash radio slash Airtrex. That's FamilyTravel.org slash radio slash A-I-R-T-R-E-K-S. FamilyTravel.org slash radio slash Airtrex. We'll be back to the regular format on Monday, but trust me, we have got plenty of great stuff coming up for you on Family Travel Radio over the coming months. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Couldn't do it without you. All right, my friend, it is time to go. Until we meet again, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off. Family Travel Radio.